This episode of the Tokunet podcast is sponsored by Tokulectables and CS Toys Japan. If you would like to hear your name or business at the beginning of the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet or tokusatsunetwork.com forward slash sponsor. everyone and welcome to episode 68 of the Tokunet podcast. I'm your host Nicole and I think this episode is going to be really interesting. Today we're going to be talk about talking about tokusatsu and otaku culture. Um, I have to give special thanks to Kevin who's on this podcast and I will introduce everybody in just a second because he was the one that originally came up with the idea of talking about this on the site. And then I was like, hmm, I think this would be a really good podcast episode. So major thanks to him. But anyways, who I have with me today are some very special people. I have Yaz with me. Say hi. Hello. I have Charlie with me. Yo ho hoy. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> and Kevin, this is your first time on the podcast, so yay! Hello, hello. Yeah, this is my first time. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, I'm so glad you got to join us because A, like you were the one that came up with this idea, and B, it is your first time. So I hope uh, you have a good time and decide that you'll join our craziness for another episode in the future. Thank you. I look forward to it. Good, good. So Jury's out on that. <laughs> well, when Yaz hosts, I don't know. Things go too crazy. I don't know who wants to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. So, like I mentioned, we're going to be talking about tokusatsu and otaku culture, how they relate to each other, what otaku culture is how tokusatsu is integrated into that culture all this fun stuff i think this will be a really interesting topic to talk about and if you want more supplementary material after you listen to this podcast go check out um kevin's article on otaku culture as well what did you title it again i can't remember off the top of my head uh Something like Perceptions of Otaku, Then and Now. Then and Now, like yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Perceptions of Otaku, Then and Now. It's a really great article. He did such a good job, and it's very interesting, so please check that out on our website. But why don't we start with just kind of establishing what is an otaku? I mean, we we all know the term, but many of us may not understand you know, the nuances of what an otaku is. So Mm -hmm. it is technically a term, a Japanese term used for people that have, I found this to be interesting, consuming interests is what I found. So, you know, hobbies and passions that they really strongly identify with or take up a lot of time, energy, and money with. Um, And in particular, it's usually... Uh, referenced with people who like anime and manga, but you can be an otaku for anything. There are train otakus, there are idol otakus, there's 
tokusatsu otakus, which will be saying it either as tokusatsu otakus or toku ota. I've seen as a shorthand before, so if we interchange the two, that's what they mean. Um, we also, I found this study done in 2013 in Japan that out of 1,000, no, 137,734 people, they had 42.2% of that self-identify as a type of otaku. So I thought it was really interesting that at least as of 2013, people are actually embracing that title. So what do you guys think when you hear otaku? Do you perceive yourself as an otaku or do you have negative or positive images when you think of otakus? Well, I think when I first heard about otaku, I I saw it in the context of like, you know, anime and manga mostly. So then I was like, oh, if you're a fan of uh, anime and manga, then you're an otaku. But I, was, mm-hmm. I don't know. For some reason, I used to separate it from tokusatsu fans. But I mean, it's mm-hmm. the same thing. I mean, it's if you're a fan of anything like you know, any if you have a, if you're a part of a fandom like that, then you're an otaku. But yeah, I guess we'd be otaku. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're yeah. all toku otas. <laughs> yes, I guess it's something that we maybe get into. It's, this is a Japanese term. Does that it goes into that discussion of like you know, is all superhero or super uh, special effects media? tokusatsu even if it's outside of japan i guess the same thing would be like is uh or if you're a fan of this stuff outside of japan are you still an otaku or if that's just a japanese specific term that's so interesting uh i want to bounce that off to kevin because you're living in japan (laughs) what do you think i i think that if you feel that the term fits you best you can use otaku to describe yourself Mm -hmm. um but as you did, as you have mentioned, Yaz, uh, it is a term that has been associated with anime and manga most most closely because that's sort of the thing that's been um, you know very prevalent outside of Japan. Right. But if you feel if you feel like the word suits you, I think it doesn't really matter if um, it's a Japanese specific interest. Even right. you can be an otaku. Yeah, I think I would agree in the sense of the friends that I have made in Japan, they would have similar sentiments of I mean, of course, the friends I've made are otakus themselves, so of course they would be <laughs> like, yay! More otakus! Like, foreign otakus? Right. Oh my god, yay! You know? So, that's a, but that's still a very good point, yes. I, I'm glad you brought that up, for sure. Yeah, so that's that's interesting that Otakus really are primarily thought of as like anime and manga nerds. Right. Um, I think, at least in the West, that's how we think of it because that's where you see the term originating from a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember the first time I heard of the word otaku was in an anime. I don't remember exactly what anime it was, but I'm sure it was an anime that was making fun of somebody for being a nerd. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think the so. first time I. S- the first time I heard the term, I think, was in the uh, the drama. Uh, what was it Akihabara at Deep? 
Ah, uh, yeah, I've heard of that one. I love that show. But yeah, the uh, they were kind of all otakus in some way or another. and mm-hmm. But it was like mostly anime and manga and like, you know, specific shows like the bad guy was a specifically a uh, Gundam otaku kind of thing. So, huh. yeah, that's where I first heard of it. So that's why I associated it with anime and manga. But, you know, Tokusatsu's in there as well. Yeah. Charlie, what what do you think? How do you perceive yourself if you label yourself an otaku or how do you perceive others if they label themselves an otaku you could be totally honest spill that tea you know (laughs) well my first um sort of opener to like just the term otaku is kind of what everyone else said like mainly more geared towards anime and manga because that's just like mostly what i saw and it was like okay so like to be an otaku like it only really applies to like anime or manga then like Mm -hmm. if i like power rangers i can't really be an otaku because that's just like a whole different like species but i think after my trip to japan back in 2018 because it was around when like lupin lupin ranger pat ranger bill came out so i think it's about 2018 but yeah like I um actually met a couple of people who sort of educated me on the fact that like an otaku doesn't necessarily mean it has to be anime specific or manga specific mm-hmm. and that it can range to all kinds of like different interests like um tra- like Nicole said trains or like maybe like a uh, fashion otaku and it could just range to like anything and otaku is more for like this is kind of the lifestyle you live but mm-hmm. also it's also like mainly a hobby so it's like being a fan of something yeah and it's something that makes the individual happy mm-hmm. so right. like if i would call myself a toku ota then I would be tokusatsu makes me happy. Tokusatsu is like something that I am a fan of and that I kind of like make my lifestyle kind of around. Yeah. Cuz it's just something that I just really like and it's a very high up interest for me. Hmm. I like that. I like I think that's something we'll definitely talk about more too or we can go into it a little bit now is Mm-hmm. kind of the culture of being an otaku you know the otaku culture um mm-hmm. it really is when you said fashion otaku my brain just like clicked and remember the time <laughs> when i was <laughs> shopping at shibuya 109 at like my favorite japanese brand store liz lisa and they were like are you a liz lisa otaku not making fun of me they were just like, wow, you're really a big fan of this. And like, you're dressed in it. You have like everything. You know, they saw all the past receipts on my passport and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I guess so. I only thought of otaku as like really niche interests. But even mm-hmm. then you could be a fashion otaku. So that's, yeah. yeah and I, I like that 
there is a culture around otaku. We'll get into the negatives about it in a bit. But the positives are that you can center your lifestyle around this in a way that makes you happy. And mm-hmm. in societies such as Japan or any any country in the West where sometimes you shouldn't be so individualistic, it's kind of nice to know that mm-hmm. you can be yourself with a hobby that you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find that very interesting. Do you guys... So if if you guys think of otakus in that way, would you guys identify as otakus, as somebody who, you know, gets immense joy from the things that you love and you kind of center, you cut, you kind of center your lifestyle around it? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I think, I mean, the Western equivalent, I guess, is, you know, being a geek or like, you know, uh, geeking out over certain things like where is comics or you know mm-hmm. movies or games or whatever being in the fandom being a part of a fandom like that kind of is i guess it would be an equivalent because then you know if you're you know if you're a fan of video games or you're a gamer then you you know play the latest games and you listen to podcasts on games and you read sites on games and talk about games and all kind of stuff you may make a youtube channel about games like it's <laughs> it's a yeah it's a lifestyle kind of thing and i think that there's a lot of that here it's just there's a lot of different types which is the same in japan so yeah. i guess if we're ta- if we if we're saying that's the closest equivalent then yeah i'd say i'm a tokusatsu otaku or toka toku otaku wait toku ota toku ota yeah sorry um but i'm also that's not the only thing that i'm like you know a fan of like i i love video mm-hmm. games um i like movies so i could say i'm maybe I'm a fan of that as well. So yeah, there's a yeah. lot of stuff, but my main one is, you know, Tokusatsu. Mm-hmm. Mm. Kevin, I hear you agreeing. <laughs> Let me hear your thoughts. <laughs> I mean, in a different way, it's, it's it's really all the same thing under different right. names. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But from my own experience, um, I definitely identify I definitely identify myself as an otaku. But uh, something we will talk about later is um. I identify as an otaku, but I don't always reveal or, you know, introduce mm. myself as an otaku. Right. Mm, yeah, that's a great... See, Kevin, you're already a perfect, like, podcast member because <laughs> you just created the perfect segue. So it's true. There is a negative connotation in Japan over otaku and how they're perceived. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, content warning for just a moment. We're going to be talking about, um... A serial killer. Yeah. So, if you want to just skip ahead a little bit, uh, the conversation will pick up from there if you don't want to listen to something like that, and I understand. So, please do that. We can have, like, a time code if we want to, like... Yeah, you know what... I'll put that in the podcast post. So any anywhere we post about this podcast, um, you should see it on the feed where you can skip past this section. So yes, we will definitely do that. Um, so when I was doing research for this episode, I saw that it wasn't really on the radar of 
Japan soci- Japanese society until 1989 with the case of right. Sutomu Miyazaki, the otaku murderer. Um, so for people who are not aware Miyazaki randomly chose and murdered four girls um, and when they were investigating him they found he had a collect an absurd collections of different videotapes and um, stuff relating to anime and slasher films and all this kind of stuff that made him come across as an otaku and that kind of got a negative connotation in Japanese society, scared that people who consume um, this type of media are disturbed or have something wrong with them. So it, it really did create a really, really horrible negative image. Yeah, you would you see that a lot um, in dramas after that time as well, particularly in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was uh, you know, one character, uh, Tatsunoguchi, from the drama Bayside Shakedown. This is back in 1997. Uh, you know, he is one of those fans who likes anime girls, and he ends up stalking the female lead, um, because he, because the way that his mind worked, he couldn't, you know, separate fantasy and reality. So they, so we've had dramas sort of feed into that negative perception as well. Yeah, and I find that to be interesting as a discussion point of, just as anybody can take things too far, it's very interesting that even we do this in the West, you know, we automatically assume nerdy types of people are going to take it too far. They are going to separate the line between fantasy and reality and do stuff like this. Um, Yeah, it's it's a heavy topic. And you you do see that um, outside of Japan as well. You know, like in the USA, there's all this, um, you know, there's this narrative about, um, you know, nerds or geeks being ostracized for their interests or for the person or no how or how they um respond socially right yeah 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 they're all perceived as like you know uh shut-ins awkward Mm -hmm. and like living in the basement kind of thing yeah Mm -hmm. yeah did any of you experience that kind of bullying that would center around that growing up or since you you know since you have shown you know having interest in what people would consider nerdy things or you know anything like that because I can speak from my own experience of like that definitely happened when I was growing up and um you know just because I was into nerdy things a lot of people or a lot of kids in my school would assume you know I'm just like this weirdo girl shut-in kind of person and they just didn't want to they just thought I was strange but I don't know have you have you any of you either experienced that before not bullying per se but there was a long period um growing up where 
I didn't feel comfortable talking about, mm. you know, liking Power Rangers or like watching PBS. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing where, you know, from um, interacting with my classmates, you know, I got the very strong impression that, you know, the things that I like were childish and um, being already a very, very small for my age, I didn't want to push that further. Mm, okay. So like, yeah, like no one, like, it never came out, so no one ever, you know, put me down for it. But I definitely did not feel comfortable talking about it for a long time. Did any, did Charlie or Yaz, did any of you experience that? Or maybe sometimes you think, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't, like, talk about this immediately when I meet somebody new. Sometimes I, I feel that well, way. I didn't, mm-hmm. I mean, that happened in high school. Where, I mean, I was uh, watching Power Rangers. I mean, the thing was like, yeah, watching Power Rangers was not. I mean, he didn't. Nobody watched Power Rangers in high school. Or at <laughs> least they didn't let they didn't let anybody know that. So I remember one time at lunch, uh, I forget. I don't. I honestly forget what the topic was. But I remember one of my friends who I've known since, who I, at that time I knew since like the fifth grade. And we, mm-hmm. when we were kids, we talked about Power Rangers. And even though he was into Pokemon at that time when nobody else was really, you know, trading cards and stuff, I remember him mentioning something about me still watching Power Rangers. And everybody's like, what? Really? And I'm like, no, I don't watch Power Rangers. Come on. So I had Aww. to, like, kind of, I kind of, like, retreated back and kind of hid that for a while. Um, but then I did actually uh, stop watching it, but it was mostly because I switched over to anime for a while like with dragon mm. ball z and gundam and it, that was that was more accepted at my school mm. so there's a lot more of my friends who actually watched dragon ball z and we'd you know week to a uh, day to day we'd watch it together and stuff like that so uh i definitely after like i don't know eighth grade i hit that i you know like you know still watch power Rangers and stuff like that but i mean once i got older like especially once I got into Tokusatsu, like in high, in college, I didn't really show people that too much. Mm-hmm. But then once I found friends who were into that stuff, like into geeky stuff in general, I was more comfortable with actually like mm-hmm. saying, "Oh yeah, here's my you know thing that I'm into." And then after mm-hmm. a while, you start to find more friends who are actually into Tokusatsu. And then by the time I you know got out of college and stuff, I had my own group of friends that were into Tokusatsu. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's definitely an experience I can relate to, at least with, um, you know, coming into that kind of geekiness in college and trying to embrace that. It's definitely a kind of, hopefully, a better environment for most people than, you know, middle school and high school. But yeah, I find that interesting that you all have very similar experiences because I've noticed that it's very common for people to just like really specifically hide their interest unless they are like specifically asked about it by someone Mm -hmm. they can trust or they know or seems to be an otaku themselves or they are somewhere at an event or at a shop or whatever that is dedicated to their hobby or whatever like i remember seeing like, anytime there were 
like tokusatsu events happening near like Nakano Broadway or anything like that. I remember seeing people like pull out their bags that they were hiding before oh, yeah. or stuff like that. Like they would, or if they were to purchase something from Nakano Broadway, any of the mandarakes in that area, they would like put hide it somewhere. You know, not just because, you know, they want to consolidate bags, but I've I've specifically been told by some of them that they kind of hide it because they just don't want to draw attention to themselves for liking this hobby. So mm-hmm. I will say, I think it's, I think it's, you know, different today. Like, mm. you know, being a fan of like different types of things like anime or, you know, whatever you know comic books you know i mean it's so much more acceptable nowadays especially in the west it's a lot more acceptable because you know the most popular franchises in the world are you know freaking comic book movies so and you know one of the most uh i don't know popular pastimes now are video games so being into stuff like that is more acceptable so then now that more people are open to that then when you say oh i'm into tokusatsu less people will be weirded out by that or will make fun of you for that more often than not. I feel like my perception is that nowadays they would be more accepting and even curious about it. Whereas like Mm -hmm. when I was Mm -hmm. a kid in the nineties, it was a lot less uh, accepted or people just weren't open to it. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Charlie, I'm gonna forcibly put you in this conversation. Do you have any <laughs> no, thoughts I was, on this? No, I was just waiting for everyone else to finish because I was like, so let me explain my life story. <laughs> Go for it. Please do, please. So, um, I this is actually gonna start like like when I was really really young. So I used to be obsessed with Barney, and my brother was the one that used to be obsessed with Power Rangers. So. I got made fun of that because I like I like Barney until I was old enough to like Power Rangers, and then I started with um Wild Force when that came out, and then I've just been a big fan like ever since. Mm-hmm. But like as I got older, I got like more and more like I mean I was always, I was always bullied, but like for other reasons. <laughs> but like Charlie, listen, my childhood was garbage. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm such a better psychotic person today. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, so I think what happened was that, um, like, as I got more, like, teased and, like, put down for, like, liking Power Rangers, because that was, like, the only toku I kind of, like, grew up watching back in, like, the early 2000s, it was, like... Because it, like, really connected with me. And then afterwards, like, when I started entering middle school, it was, like, I just could not mention it, like, at all. Or, like, people will actually, like, (laughs) do much worse things to me. And Mm -hmm. so I got into my first House of Anubis phase, which is, like, a Nickelodeon show that I was, like, obsessed with at the time. And I was, like, that was, like, a thing going on until, like, around 8th grade. And that's when I actually started my current Instagram account from nothing. And it was just, like, a whole platform of, like, tokusatsu memes that I find, like, on Google or whatever. And it was just, like, a really low-quality 
shit posting account <laughs> and I didn't have that many followers. It was like a huge mess. And when I entered high school, I was still not as open about it because when I was open about it, a lot of the other students would still make fun of me. Right. And yeah, living in Georgia is not a good thing. But yeah. Uh, and, um, yes, knows, but yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but I still started getting more and more followers somehow because I started actually covering more stuff instead of just posting memes, which I like don't do at all now. And so that kind of like got me through high school. And I was like, okay, like, I can, I got like my toe dipped into the tokusatsu fandom because like mm. groups like Facebook Rangers and like this was when like Aniki was like the seller, <laughs> even though he's like not really anymore. But um, that's like a whole different issue. Yeah, this was when like there was like a whole hierarchy of like the tokusatsu like cool kids and all that, and like it was just. <laughs> It was just, like, a whole thing that, like, I never really, like, I tried fitting in, but that, I also got bullied by tokusatsu fans, so I was just like, why does the world just suck? (laughs) And then, it wasn't actually until college when I met Nicole, and, like, she was like, there's a whole tokusatsu, like, photo shoot that you have to go to. Because, <laughs> like, I was, like, the only one in my entire group who liked tokusatsu. Everyone else was like, oh, my God, Danganronpa or, like, some other shit like that. <laughs> or, like, Jojo. And I'm just like, what's a Jojo? And then they were like, I, like, hadn't seen Jojo at that point, but I, like, I saw it now. But, yeah. And then, like, I see all these, like, really nice, really, like, awesome people and mm-hmm. i'm like oh my god there's like actually good people in this fandom like <laughs> this is actually kind of nice and so i've been like more and more open about it in college and as i was more open about it in college i met more and more like tokusatsu fans and i was like mm-hmm. oh my god this is like there's more of us out there who kind of like went through the same stuff as me and I think afterwards, I, like, got recruited by Nicole to join Tokyo. And then I found that there's even better people. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then long story short, Sentai Rider Tyson 45 has gone through, like, 10 different name changes, 10 different, like, branding changes, and now has 20.5K followers. Mm -hmm. Hey. Get it. I'm giving you snaps for kudos. Wait, <laughs> did you say that you started your Instagram channel, your Instagram account in middle school? In middle school as a tokusatsu shitposting meme. Yes, page. we're old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Charlie's the young one. Like, I started it in like the eighth grade, which was like 2011. Oh, we didn't I was that. in college then. Oh, God. It's like 2011, 2012 around. <laughs> Yeah, Charlie, we didn't need that information. <laughs> I think you do, though. <laughs> but, um... Oh, Charlie, you're making my heart sore. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, like, it's just really nice to, like, now be able to, like, openly be, like, like show that I like tokusatsu and, like, Power Rangers and all that. Mm-hmm. And, um... 
Especially with that cosplay, because it's like, holy shit, like, yeah. Power Ranger cosplays are actually really cool now, because not many people can, like, actually pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, I think the reason why now it's easier to kind of, like, come out as, like, a Power Ranger fan or, like, an otaku fan isn't just solely, like, oh, there's just more people who are into it now, but also, like... I feel like millennials and like zillennials, which is like my generation, because we don't like consider ourselves Gen Z. We're kind of just like, (laughs) those people are fetuses. But yeah. And then like, because I feel like our generation, like people around our age, um, sort of thrive off of nostalgia in this day and age, especially with all the reboots like iCarly. And then all, like, the streaming platforms bringing, like, Drake and Josh or, like, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody or, like, just a bunch of stuff that, like, we all used to watch as kids. And that includes Power Rangers. And with mm-hmm. Power Rangers, like, releasing Lightning Collection and kind of going, trying to, like, Hasbro kind of trying to bring that branding back and, like, reviving it. It's sort of like, okay, people now know that. They're like, oh yeah, Power Rangers, I remember that. I like Ninja Storm or Dino Thunder or like SBD. My best friend was like, oh yeah, Mystic Force all the way. And it's just like Jungle Fury, all the RPM, all these like... Everyone's like, oh yeah, this is like something I liked and watched. And like now I appreciate it more as an adult. And like will not make fun of anyone who likes Mm. this because nostalgia and like Mm. there's nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. you know so i think it's just like more accepted now to like these sorts of things and that's kind of where i stand on all of this Mm -hmm. sure yes you were gonna say something i'd love to hear what you were oh i was just i was just gonna mention that it took me like three four years at working in my current place before i was like comfortable enough to like put out like uh tokusatsu figures and like mm. toys and stuff on my desk or whatever at, at my work you know back when we actually were able to <laughs> be at an office but yeah. uh mm-hmm. but yeah that, i mean it I, but then after that it was like you know and the reason why i did it was because my friend who was in the cubicle next to me started putting a bunch of his like batman and like dc toys and figures and i was like Screw it! I'm gonna put. I'm gonna bring Ultraman, Common Rider, and some uh, <laughs> yeah. some you know Sentai and stuff over here. And they have people coming over here once in a while. I was like, oh, what's that? Is that some kind of anime thing? And they're like, no, not really. <laughs> so it's still like, it's like you're close, but not really. But uh, yeah, I feel like now it's just more accepting that you know people, you know, millennial like millennials and younger, and even like you know Gen X and younger. Like, well, I mean, youngins. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm old. (laughs) But like, even like you know, Gen, even Gen X to a certain extent, like you know, we've brought geek culture. Like we, all of us are like you know, making geek culture more relevant and more Mm -hmm. accepted. Mm -hmm. So then everybody's kind of like you know able to like show their own personality based off of what they like, and Mm -hmm. are not you know really ashamed of it. And hopefully that's still happening with you know kids these days with you know in like high school or whatever hopefully they're not uh you know going through the same crap that we did when we were younger Mm -hmm. yeah i wonder that too i wonder if 
Because I have little sisters that are in middle school, and I know one of my little sisters, her friend, or ex-friend, I don't know, drama, <laughs> middle school drama, um, is definitely a huge anime fan. Like, she is, like, insanely into anime, just as I was when I was in middle school. Like, I, I used to be able to talk to her and be like, wow, this was me. You are me. But now I'm older and still like anime. So hopefully this gives you a bright, shining look at the future. Um, but yeah, they 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 seem more open to it. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I do remember like having to almost scold my sister because she would like jab at her friend about liking anime so much. Mm. And I think my sister didn't do it intentionally to bully her or anything like that. But I know it would come across that way. Like, I know from experience it could come across that way. Right. I think at the end of the day, you know, kids are still kids and they're going to find ways to be crappy to each other somehow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was like, look, little sister, I am a huge anime nerd too. I've been a huge anime nerd since I was your age. Don't make fun of your friend for it, okay? Like, it's cool. You can make jokes and stuff like that. But if she's ever like, guys, you're being really mean, you need to respect that. And then she she turned around and told you, shut up, nerd. <laughs> That's literally what happened, but thanks, <laughs> Rose, for calling. Oh, no. <laughs> she, no, no, no. She picks on me. She picks on oh, me. So, she's so good at picking on me. And I'm like, I'm offended. This 12-year-old is making oh, fun of me. That's when you pull rank and you start. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I pull uh, rank. Don't worry. I pull funny. rank. But you know what? This is a good segue to talk about female otakus and women who are fans of various things, including tokusatsu. So I thought this mm-hmm. was really, really interesting when I found this. So... Shibuya 109 Lab, which is a just like a research company associated with the Shibuya 109, I guess, department store, as I guess yeah. what Shibuya 109 would be. Um, in 2018, they did a survey um, among women aged 15 to 24 and found out that nearly 70% of them self-identified as otaku. Um, saying that they indulge in their hobby almost every day. 61.4% of them said that. And the money they spend is insane. So 4.3% of them said they spend 150,000 yen a year on their hobbies, which is about $1,340 U.S., um, and 16.9% of them spend a little bit more than 90,000 yen. So that's a little bit closer to like $900 USD. But I was like blown away when mm. I saw these statistics. Like, really? I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> holy crap. Like, they're spending so much money. I thought that would be on the low end. A thousand <laughs> bucks a year. Yes, but they're 15 to 24-year-olds, so they're, like, barely oh, making yeah. money to begin yeah, with. Yeah, but at the same time, you get you get your first job, and then, you, you're, you know, a lot of people, you know, will just start spending money on what they couldn't get when they were younger. At least that's what I did. I but mean, I'm also yeah. irresponsible, so. Yeah, I, I don't know. In comparison, like, 
when I, what I look at how much I spend a year on the things I like, I'm not mm-hmm. too far off from that range mm-hmm. at my yeah. age, like at 29. I'm spending about the same amount, even, and it feels like I accumulate a lot all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, so to me, I was like, I guess if I was like in my early 20s spending that much, like at the time, you know, my job didn't pay as well as it does right. now. Like, right. To well, me, that's a lot of money. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Nicole, for some women, like we literally have extra jobs that are you know, dedicated towards their interests. That's true. That's true. I was talking to a friend of mine um, who really likes the Dogengers, and she's met a lot of Dogengers fans. So she taught me, like, like it's just, it is kind of surprising how much people can spend on their interests, but, you know, those people also set themselves up to be able to do so. Right. So, like, second jobs yeah. or just really good uh, saving, saving habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, budget. Like, you can always spend this much in a month or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You could, yeah, it's like maybe I pare down my food budget so I can afford <laughs> to get this fancy toy. Yeah, I need to, I need to calm down with that. <laughs> I need to calm down with that. I, I watch, I buy too many shows and movies and I'm like, I, I need to, I need to stop. <laughs> Do you know? I got a whole closet full of, I got a whole closet full of like movies and stuff. From like the past fifteen years, I'm like I gotta get rid of some of these somehow. <laughs> I, I I mean yeah, there's there's two ways to go about this. Either there's the I just have less things approach, or there's the I need more ways to keep this approach. Mm, so buy, so invest in more shelving. <laughs> yep yep. Display it. Shit, that's what I do. Clearly, it's gonna suck when I move though. <laughs> Whenever I move, it's gonna suck. Um, yeah. Yeah. Then. Let's not talk about that right now, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, so I found, when I was looking this up, I found this to be like really interesting. They also mentioned how female otakus in particular like characters and the voice actor who brings mm. that character to life. They really emphasize right. that the voice actor must quote-unquote suit the character whereas male otaku are more willing to embrace the character independently from that so i think that definitely relates to tokusatsu so any of the female tokusatsu fans i have run into they not only like the characters but they like the actors as well behind the characters yeah it's a huge huge thing i mean and i see that as a completely valid way to be a fan Like, Mm -hmm. if you go into a show and you know an actor you like is going to be in the show and then you get into it as a fan later, totally cool. I just found that to be really interesting that, like, there's a specific emphasis on liking the voice actor or the actor or, you know, identifying not just with the characters and the stories, but also kind of the behind the scenes in a way. So, question. Mm-hmm. I had a quick question. When you say um, they want the voice actors to match the character, what does that mean? From what I can understand, I think it's, I guess it just depends. Does it mean like a certain, uh, 
a certain voice actor is known to do this type of character, so you want them to be fitted for this? Or is it that the person themselves fits the character, so they hope that they would voice act them? I feel like the nuances of this are really hard to okay, talk yeah, about. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, I think there's, I can't, I can't explain it completely from what I know mm. because I'm also not a woman in Japan particularly. Right, but right, right, right. From my understanding, some part of it has to do with, you know, very physical appearance things okay. or the way yeah, they, yeah. the actor themselves looks or mm. how they act outside of the role that could be complementary to their character so like let's let's for instance think of tetsuya iwanaga dan kuroto i think people like him a lot because he is also though his character in x-aid is villainous strange you know really over the top him as a person He's also, you know, fun-loving and I don't know how else to describe him. He's very eloquent, too. I don't know. There's parts of him that I can see why somebody would think he suits the character he's playing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, he, the way he is as a person is complementary to the character. And plus, he's he's attractive. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. of course, that helps. So going off of your earlier point, Nicole, about um, you know fans following actors, uh, that's part of the big. That's part of uh, one of Japanese media's big marketing tools, is to put you know someone who is well known into a certain role, mm. because there are many fans who will you know follow actors through uh, different productions. Yep. And, you know, I do the same. I do the same thing because. Uh, Ren Kiriyama for life, anybody? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. You can't see it. I'm raising my hand. So, like, you know, whenever whenever I hear that he's going to be, you know, in a movie or a drama, you know, that immediately perks my interest. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's going to be in this yet? In this next? Oh, I'm going to want to watch this at some point. Yeah, I totally yeah. get that. Like, I, uh, this is probably a weird way to go about it, but, like, when I got into like J-pop and stuff, like if like a mm-hmm. you know, like for example, if Arashi, like if someone was in there was doing a drama, then I would check it out, and that's kind of how I got into J uh, dramas back in the day, through like mm-hmm. people who I listened to music of. If they did a show, then I'd watch the show, and then I got into that kind of thing. And the same thing with like Tokusatsu. For me, it's less you know if a certain actor, like like for example, I I like Fives, but I I don't think I've ever watched. Uh, uh, Kento Honda's work outside of fights, really. Mm-hmm. He hasn't uh, done much. He hasn't done much, right? Yeah, yeah. He's done. I think he's done more <laughs> like radio stuff. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. and his but, music stuff. But like, if I find out that an actor like does action, then I'll look into it. Like uh, mm-hmm. Sato Takeru. Once he started, yes. like, once he started doing like Rona Kenshin, I'm like, okay. Oof, like yeah. first, I saw him in uh, Bloody Monday, the hacker show with a. Uh, Kiria something, I forget his name. But yeah, I saw him in that, and I was like, oh, man, he's really good at stuff outside yeah, of... Yeah, Monday. Know. Yeah, I saw him, I was like, oh, he's really good at stuff without, outside of uh, uh, Deno. And then he started doing Rina Kenshin, and I'm like, oh, man, yeah, if he does any action movie, I'm going to be there, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I think anybody who 
identifies as an otaku at some point has probably gone down the line of like following their favorite actor or mm-hmm. actress. Um, yeah. I just found it interesting that the survey in particular, like it was a very strong response from the women that right. they really do, they really do get into this stuff based on actors and they really value the actor's contribution to the characters that they like compared yeah. to male fans who it it's not always on their radar as much. Um, and I, I don't know. I like, I like to hear that because it just reminds me of the times that I've been to tokusatsu events where women are like the only one in the crowds because it's like the live shows where you do see the actors and you see them mm-hmm. have their like talk shows and stuff. And I swear to God, like 95% of the people in the crowd are women cheering on their favorite actors slash characters. You know? Right. So oh, it's yeah. Like, yeah, it's insane. <laughs> And you'll see it on their bags and stuff as well. Oh, let me talk about Eda bags for a second. Like Eda bags. Eda bags. Um, it yeah. There's a they have like a clear plastic pocket on the outside, for okay. people who can put like merch of their favorite character or something to make uh, it visible. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so that's a huge thing that spawned out of japan and you'd you'd see it now in the west with like anime fans and at conventions Mm. when we had conventions um that people would like stuff tons of merchandise based on their favorite character based on their favorite actor like whatever like i used to have eat a bags like though you know i had specific characters i like i couldn't gather enough like merchandise for one character, but I had like a separate Super <laughs> Sentai Eda bag. I had a separate Common Rider Eda bag. My friend Seija, she had a whole Dan Kuroto focused Eda bag. How do you spell that? I T A. Yeah, I T A. Yep. Oh, like, I T A. Okay. Eda, yeah. Yeah. So, like the the name comes from like a joke on how painful it is to lug all that. Oh, merchandise really? <laughs> on your bike or on your bag excuse me really like, yeah because the bags like you can get really big bags you can get smaller bags but you can add pins keychains plushies i've seen people put the henshin belts in their bags before that's um, a lot yeah so it gets really heavy but it's the best way to show that you love something so like that i found really fascinating because i've also seen statistics specifically with like premium bandai and who's buying on premium bandai and a lot of the times the merchandise that's not necessarily toys are being primarily purchased by women and it's mm-hmm. nuts how much like you got to think about it there's tons of like tokusatsu themed jewelry there's the cosplay outfits a large percentage of the people buying that stuff are women and it's mm-hmm. like wow like premium Bandai, no wonder why you make so much money. They're spending the money. And that's where they keep charging those prices. <laughs> oh yeah. They know they can get it. They absolutely know they can get it. So Um, you're welcome, fandom. Because we <laughs> women are the ones that are constantly pouring in money in probably <laughs> excessive amounts. Cause toys can go out on you know, they don't get as renewed as, like, cosplay outfits will or, 
jewelry does. So, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever thought about getting anything from Premium Bandai except for like, there was a a run of like watches. I think mm-hmm. there was like a Fies watch and like a Comrade Black Rod watch, but like, man, those are too expensive for my blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially because Premium Bandai is collaborating with like, Big name brands for this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie, you know a lot about Premium Bandai. Do you want to add some, anything to the conversation? Yeah, I was about to say, Charlie, please, tell us your thoughts. <laughs> this whole time, I've just been like, how dare you all have the audacity to attack me like this? <laughs> <laughs> I was what like, every that? single thing, once you started saying 4.3% of women has been an attack. An outright <laughs> offensive attack. Oh, but um, yeah, no, I can give my like um, thoughts about all this. So 1340 is like child's numbers to me. <laughs> I spend way more than that per month. Holy oh, crap. I know I need to learn how to save money. <laughs> okay, okay. I didn't, okay, I didn't, no, I didn't know what to do with for me a living. That, no, the thing with me is that... I'm still living with, like, family because, like, I haven't started grad school yet. So because I'm still living here, board and, like, food and, like... (laughs) Utility. And, like, utility. Plus, I still get, like, allowances each week. So that, like, saves me all that money I would have Spent in New York, and I use that same money that I saved for stuff. I legit, <laughs> I like, it. before this like podcast, bought um a two hundred dollar like Bandai official um Gaudinja jacket. Ooh, good god! I wouldn't say no to that. <laughs> and I was just like, why am I like? This? <laughs> and as like 10 minutes before the podcast started guess what came in the mail more sentai gears out of oh all the gosh. ones i already have how much closet space like, do you have dude i don't <laughs> <laughs> i stored in the guest room Holy crap. i love it i love it and like my two kaio came in mega voyager i, I bought so much like this mega voyager summer wait mega voyager yeah, I bought a Mega Voyager off of someone on Facebook. Dang. And I was like, well, there goes my one. And Mega Winger. He came with Oh, Mega my God. Well. And it was like a whole 150 purchase. Seriously? Which was pretty good, but still, it's like money. <laughs> so, Charlie, yes, and I were talking about uh, moving and our stuff. How about, uh, how about you? I don't <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me about... Okay, do you know how how much hell I went through moving back from New York City to here (laughs) across the country. There were like 12 big boxes I had to ship all the way here. They were about $100 each. Do you know how much hell that was for me? Oh. And I had to lug each box every day to the UPS store that was like a five minute walk from my apartment, <laughs> which is pretty bad when you consider carrying a large box. Oh yeah, in New York City blocks? Mm-hmm. I was dying, literally. Oh, 
I had to bribe my Jersey friends to drive me to the UPS at some point because I was like, I need <laughs> to get there, but I do not have the arm strength of Hulk. So <laughs> yeah, you will definitely yeah. develop it by the end of that, though. Yeah, but yeah, and then uh, uh, regarding the um, otaku women sort of being in like the vicinity of like a lot of toku stuff. So this was actually something I also noticed, or I guess my boyfriend and I also both noticed when we were both in Japan in like mm-hmm. 2018. Every single tokusatsu thing we went to, like Kamen Rider Diner, all women except for mm. us two. Jiroso in like Tokyo Dome City, all women mm-hmm. and little children, but mostly all women, surprisingly. And... um Mandarake, mostly women, but in the toy sections, it was all, like, men. It was just, like, something, like, in a lot of the times, all the people I would see cosplayed are all, like, women in Japan. Mm-hmm. Even if they're, like, cosplaying. Actually, no, a lot of them also co- mostly cosplay um, male characters as yeah. well. So mm-hmm. after I flew back, I, um befriended all my like college underlings who apparently were also tokusatsu fans but they were in the they were fans in the sense of oh my god like takuru sato or like ryoma takechi or like they knew more about the actors that Mm -hmm. portrayed like the common writers and like the sentai and stuff rather than the show itself because Mm -hmm. i think they also see them in like other works Mm -hmm. and It's also kind of just, like, a lot... Like, all three of them, I think, were, like, really familiar with, that with like, uh, Mao Ichimichi and, like, mm. all the other, like, Sentai and writer like, voice actors that have been in, like, anime. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. I, like, know nothing about voice actors, but, like, <laughs> they knew, like, everything. And it was just, like... And it wasn't just that. They were also really into, like, idol groups mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so like mm-hmm. when we so like yuki ono like he was in ensemble stars and that mm-hmm. was something like half of our like anime acapella was dangerously obsessed with <laughs> so like that was like their only connection to like sentai and they're like oh my god yuki ono yeah him he was like this character and like this character and blah 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 and then it was just like i think a lot also a lot of the ones that were like in idol groups they were like oh my god i know this actor because this actor is part of this act like this um agency agency or yeah Mm -hmm. so like agencies were like a huge thing to them and i just thought that was like really interesting during my college years because i came from the opposite perspective where i'm just like oh my god tokusatsu these heroes are so cool and then when they unmasked oh my god these got like these characters are all so hot. And <laughs> yes, and, like, I'm really thirsty now, and like, love it. Whoa there, but yeah. Um, so it was kind of interesting seeing that like, sort of, like not tied between like, tokusatsu fans and I guess anime otaku's, mm-hmm. and kind of like that bridge that connects and like merges the two because a lot of tokusatsu actors are very 
well, I would say not a lot, but like I would say a fair amount of tokusatsu actors are really huge in Japan. Like Yuki Yamada's in like a lot of stuff now. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and like I think my I guess introduction to like tokusatsu actors outside of tokusatsu are all the um live action anime adaptations are part of so like when i watched mm-hmm. attack on titan i noticed um escapes actress yes wasn't um oz's actor also in that she but, was yeah. in that yeah. i'm not sure yeah mm-hmm. so like that was like my first live action like anime adaptation i watched i was like oh my god i recognize these toku actors so it was like kind of a nice thing to um notice and it's like okay so like two of my like favorite things anime and tokusatsu are like not so different after all and they're not so like apart they're like they can converge together and Mm -hmm. be one thing there's like a middle common middle ground i can like both (laughs) yeah so i just thought that was like super interesting and then regarding premium bandai (laughs) (laughs) your favorite thing you're welcome to every woman who has read my articles and weekly merch roundups on all the stuff that premium bandai releases that i have to translate get images for save those images link it and then sometimes i forgot and i have to tag and i'm just like you're Charlie, welcome. Your, your efforts do not go unappreciated. Charlie, I can verify that. No, I like. No, I actually didn't even know like who were the people buying all this merch I'm writing up because before today, because I hadn't before Nicole said anything, I actually had no idea that like the majority, the reason why they keep releasing like the same types of merch is because. All these female um, tokusatsu fans, or like otakus in general, are the customers that Premium Bandai is aimed towards. Mm-hmm. And I, because I was like, I really doubt a Japanese man who likes copyrighter and Sentai is gonna wear a purse or like, <laughs> yeah. A woman's ring or something like yeah that like most females wear which is like basically what a lot of premium bandai does actually release mm-hmm. so this whole time i was like wondering who is their audience again like are, are they like but then now that i know that like there are a lot of like women tokusatsu otaku who actually do buy this stuff and that's the reason why they keep releasing it that Mm -hmm. makes a lot more sense in my perspective when (laughs) i write the stuff up and i'm just like okay this is why i do what i do this is why i like give this information out because people actually still are interested i'm not just like writing it up for nothing (laughs) so it really is like really relieving closure yeah, so yeah. thank you, Nicole, <laughs> and all the women in the tokusatsu fandom. You guys are rock stars. And <laughs> thank you for making my job so much less stressful. Oh my gosh, that's and so more funny. worth it. Yeah, I can verify based on our Google Analytics that a lot of the times it's women. Like that's the demographics that come up when I see views on those articles in particular and a lot of merch articles so yeah 
Just saying. I think the reason why maybe it seems a bit surprising is because in the West, a lot of the more vocal parts of the fandom are male dominated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we, I don't know. I was also under the mindset, like, who is buying this stuff? But yeah, in Japan, it's flipped, it seems like. Oh, so, yeah. Or, so, yeah. Like, it makes more sense that, you know, Premium Bandai, which is a Japanese company that focuses on Japan, is selling stuff that's, you know, geared towards a mostly women, which makes a lot of sense. I think mm-hmm. that makes a lot of But as far as, like, the, you know, women who are Toku fans focus on. Actors, I feel like it's starting to maybe change a bit once like more information is easily mm-hmm. uh, available, and you can like kind of look the stuff up more. I think a lot more people in general are just getting more uh, accustomed to like looking up actors and seeing what else they've been in. I mean, at least that's kind of what I do, but I can't keep it all in my head because I'm old. Once again, <laughs> going back to the older thing, but uh, yeah, it's it's a really interesting statistic. In general, I mean, you also have yeah. the Joe Odagiri effect going on in most of Tokusatsu shows, where you know, right? Cast, yeah, yeah, caster, yeah. Casting directors will specifically choose, you know, young, attractive men because, you no, know, who's going to be watching the shows with? Who's going to be spending time with their kids while the kids enjoy the heroes, the moms? So give mm-hmm. the moms something to enjoy with their children. Yeah, I think that's a very excellent point to bring up because. I do see that a lot of, like, you would think the mothers are kind of just getting dragged around, you know, by their kids liking this stuff. And they're just supporting it because their kids like it. But sometimes they actually like it, too. Yeah. You know? They have fun. Especially if it's, like, Super Sentai, where they could have grown up watching it as Mm -hmm. well. So now they're nostalgic about it, watching the newest Sentai with their child. So they, I think they enjoy it too. Like some of the times I see the moms enjoying it more than the kids when I go to G Rosso, you know, and I'm yeah. just like, yes, yeah. yes. Like I'm here women. for this. Yeah, I'm here for this. I'm living for it. But I do, you know, Yaz, you made a really good point about, I think you were going into this about like how female fans are portrayed in the West and how... I don't think we get as targeted as much when it comes to like merchandising, it's, right? It's a, it's a it's really messed up that it's it's it is very it's, messed it's up. like you know male centric and male focused, which it's like I mean I mean especially nowadays it's like so many more women in the fandom mm-hmm. that yeah it like you know companies need to like cater towards that more. I agree, mm-hmm. and it's you know I think. There have always been a lot of women in the fandom behind the scenes, but they're never oh, yeah. comfortable yeah. disclosing their gender. And I think it's For getting sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. more, I guess, maybe easier is not the word I'm looking for, but people are becoming more comfortable with it. But I still think, you know, I, we talked about this in our Women of Tokusatsu podcast when we talked about, like, the community section. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think, you know, there is a huge stigma for women who are into tokusatsu or any male-dominated fandom um, in the West. I can't speak on Japan. I'm sure there are, you know, women who are into tokusatsu. It still is probably looked down upon because this is, like, 
a boy's interest, you know, a man's interest, but I don't, I just, I don't, I don't know if I see it as much as I do in the West. So interesting that you mentioned that because, um, there's a thing where, you know, when you're around your friends, it's much easier to be open about it. Mm-hmm. But, like, at work, it gets a lot more difficult. Um, yeah. Like, it's different for me because I'm a foreigner living in Japan, and uh, I work as an English teacher, so I'm around kids all the time. So, you know, because I'm around the kids, it's much easier to be like, yeah, I like Kamen Rider and Ultraman, and it, it can sometimes be a... Um, a common point between me and the kids. Uh, but it's not something I really talk about at work either, just because, you know, I can't tell what um, what my coworkers think. Like, right. is it unprofessional for me to be talking about this, you know, you know, in, in the teacher's room or something? Like, with the kids, like, it doesn't really matter. It's, I'm doing my job. I'm being there to hang out with the kids. I'm not just coming in, hanging around and going home. But um, yeah, like at work, it's it's really not easy to talk about uh, things that I like, especially not tokusatsu. Mm-hmm. And that stuff usually gets reserved for um, you know pre-COVID when we could actually have like school dinners where the staff got to a restaurant and eat together. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be when teachers ask me about you know what I like about Japan. If I bring up tokusatsu or common writer, they'll talk, ask me more about that. Yeah, most of them have a you know are you know generally interested in you know my connection to the franchise and the genre, but uh, yeah, it's more like you know I've talked to um, other fans in Japan, and uh, you know, some of them are actually surprised that I'm open about it at work because of that you know this really um, the sense of professionalism and and or you know the still lingering stigma around you know being being called otaku Mm -hmm. yeah i want to double i want to talk about that in a bit but i want to double back just really quickly because i think that also brings up an interesting conversation of what is it like to be a fan of something where it is male-dominated in a specific sphere like the West when it comes to tokusatsu. And in particular, Mm -hmm. it seems very also, at least the vocal side of the fandom, can be very dominated by white voices, honestly. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys because I am just some white girl, you know, over (laughs) here. I'd love to hear more about maybe has that affected your being able to enjoy tokusatsu and be open about it not necessarily mm-hmm. i don't think i mean i definitely noticed that it's as well because like my friends here in georgia who are tokusatsu fans uh, tokusatsu are mostly white but i also have friends who are not white who are into tokusatsu uh, mm-hmm. But it's more an online thing. So it's like, I kind of get both as far as like, you know, interactions goes. Um, there's definitely a lot of like, you know, POCs out there who are into tokusatsu. Mm-hmm. I think it's really more now, for sure. 
Um, I wouldn't necessarily. Well, okay. Here's the thing. The reason why I say that it was it's not like affected me as a Tokusatsu fan is mostly because for the longest time, Tokusatsu in general is more was more of a individual thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like as far as like in real life here where I live, for a lot for like a long time, it was just you know I was into it. And then I knew people online who was into it, and I had friends online who were into it. That was about it. Yeah. And it didn't always it didn't it always it didn't always matter where they were from, but it's always cool. It feels like you know I a diverse group of people, which I kind of over the years a lot of my friends are diverse They're from all over the uh, sphere or whatever. Um, but you know, in real life, it was always more of a solitary thing for me for a long time. Uh, once I found like my current group of friends here in in Georgia, and I mean, yeah, they're all uh, they're all uh, white dudes. Well, most of them are white dudes, but it's still like they're still my friends, mm-hmm. and we still talk, geek out about Tokusatsu a lot. Um, but yeah, it, it it would be cool if it was you know more diverse, but I think that's changing. I think more yeah. and more people are. Like, especially now with social media and stuff, there's so much more people who are into the fandom than there was, like, 15 years ago. I mean, yes, I, going off of that, I mean, Tokusatsu was a, it was a very, very niche interest in the USA. Yeah. Like, it's getting better still now. Is. I mean, it still is, but, you know, with yeah. you know, Team Rider and stuff and all kinds of other, you know, fans working harder to come together. Yeah. Yeah, the environment's definitely changing, but yeah. Yeah, because like uh, when I went to G Fest, it was 2013 and 2014. I will say like most of the fandom at that time in kaiju fandom were, uh, it seemed like they were white dudes, mm-hmm. or at least white. I mean, uh, when I went when I went to Japan World Heroes a couple few years later. It seemed like it was a lot more diverse, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't I don't know if that's just you know times changing or, you know the, Henshin Hero side is if that's a different de- de- demographic I I don't know, mm-hmm. um, but I do feel like it's it's all starting to like. Evolve and change, going forward, and I feel like it's gonna I feel like as time goes on it'll be more and more diverse, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely agree that I think more voices are getting heard in the fandom, whereas before they probably were involved, but they were behind the scenes. You know, like I mentioned, with like a lot of women usually kind of stay behind the scenes in the fandom a lot of the times. Right, yeah. Um, but I, I, I just thought it would be interesting to talk about because that does, you know, just as a woman being interested in a male-dominated uh interest you know it does cause a divide sometimes and it does it can cause difficulties but i agree that now that tokusatsu is becoming more i'm not gonna say mainstream but it's becoming more popular visible visible yeah yeah because it's becoming more visible i think a lot of tokusatsu can relate to all different types of people Mm -hmm. it's not just even though it's you know most of the time it's produced in japan it's not just 
only relatable to Japanese people or anything like that. It's relatable to a lot of people. And I know we've talked about that in several dozens of podcasts of like how yeah. tokusatsu can reach out to all types of people. I will say uh, like any other like, you know, fandom, whether it's, you know, anime or video games or whatever, the perception of what's uh, how diverse a group is can also be measured by uh, the content creators that are in the fandom. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, you know, uh, as we see more diverse content creators, whether it's like, you know, cosplayers or artists or podcasters or, you know, YouTubers who are specifically focused on tokusatsu, the more diverse that uh, side of things, you know, becomes, it may also attract more people from uh, from different, you know, diverse groups to, like, you know, interact. So that could also be a factor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Okay, well... Charlie, unless you want to interject, I know you have a lot of feelings, and I want to make sure you get your time to talk. I mean, I feel like, I feel like Nicole is just attacking Charlie. Yeah, I mean, you guys basically kind of said everything, but like from my experience, I feel like the issue with like um, a like predominantly like white dominated like Tokusatsu fandom is that like sometimes you notice they take it, like, a little too far. Mm. Mm. And, like, that's kind of where that issue, like, arises. But, like, I'm not trying to generalize or anything. It's just, like... Like, each fandom has their own issues. It's just, like... Bringing it back to that whole, like, oh, that is is something I, like, noticed. And then also, like... I feel like that's kind of how a lot of japanese like natives see the west and like the western tokusatsu fans as kind of like a little cringe yeah it depends like a lot of the like the japanese tokusatsu fans i've met in person they're of course extremely welcoming they're shocked absolutely shocked to hear about foreign fans of course Mm -hmm. but i think online you kind of unfortunately see the worst side of any fandom, not just ours. A lot of the times, like the vocal minority, can kind of yeah make things. I mean, it's not just like the worse. internet, though. Like I've noticed at yeah. conventions too, where like yes, at the Tokusatsu photo shoot, it's like okay, we're all posing, we're all doing the henchings and like the dances and stuff. Like that's like appropriate. But then I also noticed some of them like sort of doing and i'm i'm including myself in this too like i fucking naruto run when i jaywalk and everyone else who i'm with is like i don't know her but yeah no i like drunk pose also when i'm like drunk so like that's a whole thing oh but yeah God. i'm just saying like um no i'm also part of the problem but like um, <laughs> i do see a lot of this kind of brings it back to that issue that Nicole or I, someone else mentioned about not being able to separate um, fiction from reality. Mm-hmm. And how, like, they kind of make it what, def- like, that's 
who they are that's like what defines them rather than like just a part of what defines them and i think Mm -hmm. that's kind of the issue i'm like trying to (laughs) convey and it's like okay yeah sometimes like they do take it too far and then it becomes like okay we like stop embarrassing us like that is a little (laughs) that's something you should like calm down with also feel free to like cut my entire venting if this is like problematic at all i'm just being honest (laughs) i'm just like so people are cringy and that's like pretty much like yeah, I get it. But that I includes me, too, so yeah. it's okay. Like I'm part of the problem, so it's all good. <laughs> that's gonna be the title. That's gonna be the title of the episode. Is Charlie is pretty cringe. <laughs> that's our cringe. Mean, you're title. not wrong. Okay, I can call you three out on your cringe as well. Oh it's not yeah, just me. Oh please do. Oh, I come know. On. Of course, dude. My whole life is cringe. No, I'm joking though. I would never do that. I would never do that to you guys. This this podcast became very like aggressive all of a sudden. <laughs> Y'all can honestly just like cut this. No, like, no, 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 if no. you want. No, no, no. We're, We're joking around. We're joking it's around. Fine. We're joking it's around. Fine. Oh, you guys are great. Okay. Why don't we move on to maybe funner yeah. topics? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Please. So what? Uh... <laughs> I'm just dehydrated. <laughs> It's okay. Get your water. Drink your water. Um, why don't we talk about some of the shows that have actually like portrayed tokusatsu otaku's or otaku's in general? Like, yes, of course we gotta talk about tokusatsu ga 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 and how like that has to be the most relatable show I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> oh yeah, same. Yeah, like even though okay. So, of course, I am so happy about the show because it focuses on mainly women expressing their love for tokusatsu or other otaku interests and how it conflicts in their life. You know, like, I strongly relate to a lot of the characters because of that. Like, Kano, you know, there's a part of myself as a woman that, like, you know, you don't want to show this kind of stuff to people because it's they'll definitely consider it to be strange at mm-hmm. best or really judge you at worst but at the same time i'm also like yoshida in how she likes to take pictures of suit butts and like she <laughs> fangirls off of that kind of like strange part of it yeah it's it's that show was incredible and i know if we've talked about this show 12 million bajillion times but i can't talk about how i can't talk enough about how much i love this show it's such a wholesome it's it's wholesome but also deals with some really like pretty heavy stuff especially with according Mm -hmm. like considering her and her mother and yeah all that stuff so it's a lot of heavy stuff but i mean i've i mean even as a dude i felt like i related to her quite a bit Mm -hmm. um as far as like finding that balance between your normal life and your otaku, your otaku life and trying to merge that together and be more open about what you love kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah I feel like, no, I'm just saying that's just very relatable to a lot of people, but I mean, it, it was cool to see it from, like you said, from a perspective of a woman in the, you know, in the workforce or, you know, as a, in a, as a professional in a job and having to find a way to, you know, 
balance that, but also once she finds a sliver of like, you know, oh, there's someone here, someone there who actually is like also a fan of what I like, pursuing that and trying to find friends and connect with people and forming a little, you know, a little group of friends mm-hmm. who can who are not all into the same thing, but it's the fact that they're into things in general, mm-hmm. which is so different mm-hmm. than their normal lives that they can connect and bond. And I, it, just, it just it was really cool to see that from that pers- specific perspective. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think what kind of gets overlooked when people talk about the show is also like Ninkyo San's part in it, where he is mm. like this tough looking dude. Like he looks like he could be a yakuza. I mean, yeah, she spent like two episodes calling him yakuza. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like He's this tough dude that looks like yakuza, but he loves love cute, which is like kind of yeah. like pretty cure. Yeah, and yeah. that's like subverting and talking about all these stereotypes of men who might be interested in things that are traditionally labeled feminine. And I was like, my mind was just blown that they could actually talk about those things. Yeah. Yeah. Something that does really well is showing, you know, not only, you know, Tokusatsu fans, but just different kinds of fans. And the kind of struggles that, um, they go through for being themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I I think the episodes on Kano and her mother were particularly very striking because it's not only like a comment on the perception of otaku, but I think it's also a comment on like how women are perceived in Japanese society. So yeah, the way that Kano has, you know, just, taken her path in life in what may not be considered quote-unquote like traditional as in like you know career to marriage to kids and all that kind of stuff the the way that she focuses on indulging in her hobbies is not seen as something that fits the traditional pathway for them so I find that I found those episodes really interesting because I know you know in the west I don't think it's as like strictly like that anymore but i do still think there are stereotypes surrounding that for sure well certainly and then you you know go back to the whole male dominated interests um no it's that it's that kind of it's that kind of narrative being pushed that drives a lot of people out of fandoms and interests Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's definitely true but going back, um, yeah, we just yeah, we just you get all you get all different kinds of characters into Kusazugaga, and that's really fun to watch because you can relate to different parts to everybody. Yeah, I think uh, Kitsashiro is another character that she's not specifically into Tokusatsu, but she is an idol fan, and she is what would be considered like an older woman, older than these idols that likes these idols which a lot of people think only younger women are should be into you know mm-hmm. but i i i liked that too that they showed her off in that she likes these idols and of course in the show the idol group has a uh, freaking kaito oh right yeah, yeah, <laughs> from yeah. gaim in it so that yeah, you talk kobayashi. yeah yeah now boys and men is a uh, nagoya based idol group 
So I see them all the time. I see them like I see advertisements for them all the time. Oh my god! Well, I said, do you see them all the time? Um, yeah, you know, because they're Nagoya based. Uh, one of the big department stores at the station has an entire section dedicated to boys and men. <gasps> so I'll just I'll, I'll just see his face there like constantly. <laughs> you gotta get his cookbook. It's really good. <laughs> also, the guy who plays uh, Amon in um, Garo vs. Road, he's also a member of Boys and Men. Oh, yes, I forgot really? about that. You mean the main yeah. uh, the main guy? No, the blonde guy. Yeah. The brawler? Yeah, 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 yeah. With the puppy. With the puppy? Remember, he, yeah, has, he has a puppy has a dog. at his bar. He, he, he runs a bar. He has a dog. Oh, right. Yeah, he's also in Boys and Men. Oh. That's such yeah. a uh, confusing title. <laughs> I keep wanting to say Boys Two Men. Oh, that's totally, that's totally different. Anyway, yeah, no, they they brought they they basically took boys and men and rebranded them for the drama. Mm, yeah, okay. it was so funny. I I just was like, oh hey, it's him. That's so great. But sometimes I do wish that Tokusatsu Gaga was able to do just like a little bit more in the show. Like right. something I would have liked to see was maybe how Kano approached being a female fan online, like joining an online mm. tokusatsu community. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. would have loved to see something like that and see, because a lot of the interactions that she does in the show are all in person. You know, she's making those connections mostly in person. Mm-hmm. Um so I would have liked to see a little bit more of that kind of stuff. I don't know. Is there anything that you guys could think that like the show could have done better or more of? I, the uh, well, first question is: I, Are we still getting a season two? I can't remember. No, it's not, it, it hasn't been announced. Yeah. Season two is just Kano joining Tokunet. <laughs> oh my god! Please. <laughs> but I mean, but yes, I will say that the manga has concluded. Okay. Volume mm-hmm. Volume Twenty um, came out last year, and that's the end of the series. Okay, um, I don't think they did this in the show, at least not in season one. But it would have. Did they Did they go into a convention? No. That would be interesting to see. Oh. I I mean I still haven't caught up on the manga. I'm only up to like Volume Four or Five. Yeah. But in but like. Like the first four volumes basically encompass the the main beats of the drama, right? Yeah, so like the drama is not is not doesn't create it's not a very big lens into the series as a whole. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. But it'd be cool. Yeah, you know what? That would have been cool if they went to like Kamiket. Yeah, I definitely agree that you know there's 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 lots of directions that they could they could still go in. Yeah, but um. Within the framework of you know one uh, season of J drama, um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of material. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I don't think like as far as like I gotta. It's hard to say that I think that they should have done anything or added anything to it because there was such a a focused story about her journey, and yeah. it's it's a slow journey. I mean, for a lot mm-hmm. of us, it is a slow journey. So I feel like her taking like smaller steps to like meet people in person, that's 
I think that worked for season one. If they did a season yeah. two, and I, I don't know how the manga goes, but if if she branched out into like you know uh, online forums or social media or you know going to a convention and you know meeting cosplayers or something like that or you know mm-hmm. like that or I mean we did see her you know buying a bunch of DVDs and you know little toys and stuff like that but like I mean yeah it's it's it would be interesting to see her expand or show more of how she interacts with the fandom or with with the shows that she likes and if she gets into the fandom a bit more yeah. and also seeing how they would portray the fandom on like in Japan because mm-hmm. I don't, uh, personally I don't have much context of how the fandom is in Japan because I mean one I haven't never been in Japan and I also can't read Japanese so I can't really read Japanese forums or social media so I don't know I don't know what the Japanese fandom is like so it, it would be cool if that show gave a lens to how Japanese tokusatsu fandom is actually like there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Yeah, I agree. That's I think that's what I was trying to say is like what it would oh, be like sorry. for her to navigate the fandom a little bit more because mm. I want that insight yeah. too. I don't, you know, the things I've seen on like Twitter and stuff like that. You know, their fandom is as expansive as ours and has the yeah. same problems as ours. You mm-hmm. know, but. Yeah, that would be really interesting. But, oh, man. Oh, this is not the Tokusatsu Gaga Ga podcast where I could go on about how much I love <laughs> yeah. Tokusatsu Gaga Ga. We already did that. I don't remember what episode number, but... Well, yeah, I we mean, did that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. could only do a second one. <laughs> oh. True, yeah. Well, that kind of goes into maybe, like, we can talk about other shows, like Akiba Ranger. Like, that's a whole show about otakus. And, like, how they're portrayed and how each of the characters, each of the Akiba Rangers, like, decides how to navigate their life as otakus. That's like a nesting doll of, like, themes. Because it's like, (laughs) it's a tokusatsu show about an otaku who is a fan of tokusatsu and becomes a tokusatsu hero. It's like, that's just so many layers. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, it just keeps going deeper and deeper. Oh my gosh. So do you guys think, so I'm just basing on the characters off of the first season because I've got to be honest, I like the first season better than the second season. I've only seen the first season. Yeah. I mean, the second season's good, but the first season's my favorite. second season just got wild. It got wild. Like, it got more wild. It did. It really did. So in the, you know, the first- I'm just like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. So when I was like first watching it, I feel like- Akagi, the main guy, he was, like, specifically portrayed to be a completely stereotypical otaku. And at first I was like, are they kind of negatively doing that? But I think by the end of the show, they were trying to spin it more in, like, a positive light for him. You know, yes, it was a joke, but... Yeah, they tried to make him more endearing in his obsessions. Yeah, like I think that, they were that was, that was the eff- that was the effort being put in. Yeah. Whether or not it came off as such well, you know, change from person to person, but it it was kinda cringy for me for some parts of it, especially like how obsessed he was with this anime character and then when she became a gun and he, you know, 
became obsessed with that and freaked like freaked out over that and stuff. It just it it, it was it was a uh, it did kind of feel like portraying otaku in a stereotypical you know fan who's into their you know uh, anime waifus and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which made it kind of cringy for me a little bit. Um, yeah, and then I, I, from what I've seen in season two, like she becomes a part of the, the armor oh, and stuff. And it's like and that looks that, and that just looks so <laughs> odd to me, but. I don't know the context of it, so I, I can't really. <laughs> that episode was judge wild. It. Oh my god. I agree, though. Kagi was definitely like it was a joke. How stereotypical he was, but yeah. it did yeah. try to make it in a harmless way. But I also think the other characters I think were portrayed better in that, like mm. like Yumeria, she's kind of like the cosplay otaku, or like you know she she's the cosplayer, the stereotypical kind of cosplayer yeah she's the one that's going around being like yeah when she's in her like cat cosplay but i did find her to still be a very interesting character with the way that she likes tokusatsu and like every time they'd put her in outfits from other like villainesses you could tell that she actually like liked this kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. i like she's always going to be my favorite character was she yellow yeah you married as yellow okay no love for you, Maria, on this podcast. I'll be honest. I I saw. The, I haven't seen this show in so long. I can't remember what all the characters were. Uh, I, am I have sure a lot to say, not. so I'm just waiting. For go for it. Go for it. Like, please. Go okay. for it. Jump in. Because like I was just like I'll wait for everyone to finish, and then like Charlie, once... if you wait, we're gonna not. You're not. You're not gonna get to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't say anything during the Tokusatsu Gaga part because I was like, well, I don't really have anything important really that. So I was like, I'll let this one slide. You'll <laughs> let it slide. <laughs> but yeah, um, so the one quote that Akagi says that has stuck by me ever since he has said it was, oh my god, this is expensively cheap. And that's just my life <laughs> as a tokusatsu otaku. Because yes, that is a thing. Yeah. I do like in the show how he's like battling with bo- like both of his otaku loves, you know, his love for Aoi-chan and collecting her merchandise and then tokusatsu stuff. He's like, wait, I could get this Aoi-chan figure or I could get this... Um, what the hell? I think it was like Hard a Die Ranger robot. figure. Yeah! And I was like, yeah. oh, that is so relatable. That's just me. <laughs> That's literally just me. I'm just like, do I get something Tokusatsu related or something Zombieland Saga related? Oh, mm, mm, girl, <laughs> Which we is a very hard that. decision. Yeah. But mm. yeah, um, the, I think my problem with Akagi, was, which I think like we all um, addressed anyways, was that they did make him pretty much a degenerate. And, mm. like, one of those, like, really straight-acting, like, otakus who only care about, like, waifus and, like, oh, big titties and, like... Which is, like, super problematic. And, mm. um... I mean, I thought his actor was cute, so I was like, I like him for that. But, like, a lot <laughs> of the scenes where he, like, imagines... 
like the female like characters in like different super sentai like female outfits was like kind of an issue just because it was like sexualizing them and i was like okay that's like not right like don't do that honey and then i like you maria because she did show that like cosplay isn't all like fun and games like it does take a lot Mm -hmm. of work and effort yeah and as like i'm sure me me and nicole can like very relate to this where like (laughs) there's so much makeup involved so much like vaseline and like wig caps (laughs) wig caps hurt every every time i wear a wig my ears are like dead (sighs) but like numb by the time i like take it off it's that bad Mm -hmm. but yeah it just takes so much and like I'm glad they, like, addressed that, and it's, like, even though Yumeri is, like, all, like, fun and games, she's also, like, this stuff does take a lot of effort and work and money, and this is, like, you have to be, like, really invested in this to do, like, cosplay, and I was, like, okay, yeah, that's, like, pretty good information for, like, people starting off, like, who want to, like, get into cosplay, and then I liked Aoyagi, because, like... Or, like, I actually don't know how to say her name, but, um... Yeah, you did it right. I think it's that. Yeah, that, and then, um... I liked her because she was, like, even though she was, like, the otaku newbie, she didn't really, like, push it into anyone's face. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what a lot of people appreciate about, like, a lot of, or I guess that's what a lot of people, like, don't like about otakus or, like, um, tokuotas. Because, like, a lot of the time they do try to push their interest in your face and try to force you into it rather than sort of, like um gradually like introducing you or like kind of finding like a common ground where it's like okay Mm -hmm. you like this well this is like like a tokusatsu is like similar to this so you may like this tokusatsu rather than just going like oh go watch go kaiger or something which you all should but um (laughs) like yeah it's just she wasn't so in your face about it and like that episode where she like um i think learns from like the super sentai like stun actor like the main one i forgot like that was really powerful because it was just like it does show that like stun actors are like really underappreciated and like they're not known as much as all like the pretty boys and so it's more of like shining a light on them and going like they're actually the ones doing all the dirty work doing all like the like the action that you see and like the suits and like these suits like suits and like armor are like really uncomfortable to wear mm-hmm. as someone yeah. who's worn suits and like helmets and stuff i cannot breathe so like <laughs> it's a very hard thing to do and it does sh- shine a light on that like we should also appreciate these like these t- like act stunt actors rather mm-hmm. than just all like the attractive like actors that do all like the out of you're telling me yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know you're talking to the right person over there you know <laughs> so it's just like some yeah something i feel like that's kind of what I liked about Akiba Ninja is that they did shine a light on, like, a lot of things people do overlook in the fandom. Mm-hmm. And then, this isn't really, like, a season two spoiler, but, like, because we all know he gets the waifu armor. But, like, 
I feel like the way they did the waifu armor was also kind of weird because it was like mm-hmm. he like tries to kiss her and this was another example of not being able to separate reality from fiction and that's kind of like my issue with Akagi like throughout this whole like I guess discussion and how he's like everything in my life is like basically all the stuff I watch which is like why he doesn't have a girlfriend but yeah yeah and i get and like, they like, the do show bring it up is and about like, yeah. delusions yeah the show is specifically saying like the reason they have their powers because the power of delusion yeah and stuff like that but yeah, i sure. i do agree akagi takes it is a little or much yeah yeah he he is but i think they made his character like that because a lot yeah. of otakus actually do take it to that level sometimes mm-hmm. yeah also, I gotta find that uh, <laughs> that shop he was at because that was like pretty much like <laughs> where I want to be. Yeah, right. Oh I was God. like, wait, can I just like own this shop and then buy everything? <laughs> in it? Oh yeah, that's so true. Such a nice shop. I was like, I want everything here. Give me that and that and that. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, I guess you know. Th- when I was looking back at Akibari Jar, I haven't rewatched it in a very long time, but I still ha- it's very season one's very fresh in my head. It really does like make you think of all the stereotypes of otaku's and like in the negative light, so it portrays it a little bit more negatively than I mm-hmm. would have liked it to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it like aged very well in that <laughs> regard because at the time i would say at the time when i was like first watching it i was like oh my god this is so fucking funny like yeah it is yeah. funny it is fun in its own regards but i think maybe we all kind of missed the point of like it being a satire on yeah Otaku's. it definitely is satire mm-hmm. yeah I definitely, like, that went right over my head. I was just like, oh my god, this is fun. So, but reflecting back, yeah. it's definitely, like, a satire kind of show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, like even during this podcast, think, like, when we were talking about um, how Otaku's got a negative light because of that incident in uh, 1989. Yeah. You maybe th- remember that there's an episode of Jetman? Where it has to do with the cup noodle, uh, <laughs> cup noodle. monster, but the like the premise of, the, of it is that uh, there's a dude who's like a, I think he's a shut in or something like that, but he's like obsessed with like noodles and like getting the right noodle or something like hot cup noodle or whatever. Mm-hmm. And but he's also in love with uh, the blue jet. I forgot her name, but oh, blue swallow. Yeah, he's in love with her, and he wants to impress her by having the perfect cup of noodle or something like that so then he wow. starts working with the cup of noodle monster to make the right uh I've, i'm messing with the, the I've, i'm probably mistaking it but i remember there was a plot of him trying to win her over by cooperating with the bad guy somehow and now oh. thinking about it it's like oh i guess maybe that was part of the you know the timing portray like portraying portraying otakus as a negative thing in response to because that was like only three years before, two years before, after. I mean, two years after, two years, yeah, two years not, after the incident, it wasn't very, yeah, not a very long bit of time, yeah. So yeah. now it's like now that I have that context, it's like starting to connect the dots and like 
you know, Japanese media and anime and stuff like that that portrayed otaku in a certain way that, yeah. Yeah, like, it, it took sense. a long time for that perception to shift. Yeah. Right. Like, the story of Denshi Otaku was the, like, the, the first major story to mm-hmm. uh, shine a positive light on otaku in general. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, gradually, you know, you have, you know, uh, actors and celebrities you know, calling themselves otaku, and, you know, if they're willing to use the term, then it must be okay. And that's sort of how we've gotten to where we are now with all kinds of stories focused on otaku characters and Mm -hmm. their lives, their struggles, Mm -hmm. their successes even. Yeah, because there's been a lot of, like, anime and manga that also cover that stuff, like Princess Jellyfish. Is yes. a great example of an otaku, a female otaku, jellyfish otaku, and like yes. her life with all her housemates, I guess, and like how they're all otakus of different things. Wotakoi. I mean, like, I could go, this is not an anime podcast, but I could go on about how I love Wotakoi and like how beautiful that anime and manga are. Yeah. All these different stories did. They're relatable, and that's why, and a, a big reason why otaku, otaku are more willing to be open about their interests, mm-hmm. because there's media for us now, or media that shows, you know, parts of our lives that we don't always get to talk about. Right. Yeah, and there, it. I feel like this shift is really recent too. Like, when I was doing research for this podcast, it really only started to shift. Um, like, from what I saw, a lot of the shifts started in, like, 2010 and on of, like, having better, like, a more positive connotation with otaku yeah. as it, like, that kind of culture and the stuff related to otaku, like anime and manga, started to get more mainstream internationally. So, I think... Things are getting better, but it's still very easy for societies, both Japanese societies and our society, to yeah. look down upon people obsessed with anything. Yeah, like uh, some of the dramas I mentioned in my article, um, besides Sukasugaga, uh, pop stuff's kawaii stuff. Like it's a, it's only a four episode drama. Or not, it's not very long, but. Um, you know, the main character loves this yellow pug mascot and like just has a huge collection of it um, in his apartment. But when his uh, nephew comes to visit, you know, he has to hide all of it. Um, he, just, he can't talk about it at work. And he's afraid of, he's afraid that people are going to judge him. Mm-hmm. And he has a very, he has a very similar um, scene as Kano does in Tokusagaga, where he goes to a capsule machine and is very carefully looks around, makes sure no one's ta- no one's watching. And uh, in his case, um, rather than a student catching him in the act, it's another character that um, also loves cute things, but poor Mr. Oji, you know, tries to deny it and leaves the toy behind. To not to not look like he's um into it. He gets it back from that character because that the character he runs into also loves cute things. 
and that sparks you know most of the rest of the story mm-hmm. but it is definitely much of the struggle of he is a middle-aged man who loves this adorable pug mascot but he doesn't want to be judged for it mm-hmm. yeah i want to watch that so badly because isn't ren kiriyama in the live yes. action drama ren kiriyama yeah. ren kiriyama's in it and he is a secret cat cafe um customer Yes, I forgot about that. He loves cat cafes. He, lo- he loves cat cafes, and it, it, it's very, and how he acts around cats is a complete 180 from how he acts at work. That's very fun to oh. watch. Oh, I think that's relatable to anybody. I mean, if you loved his, you know, cat antics and come at a double, you'll love it in this drama as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, there was a, there's another drama that came out, uh, and they started in, uh, uh, last January, um, called uh, my daughter. My daughter can't get a boyfriend. Basically, it's a single mom and her daughter. Uh, the mom is an author, who's um, you know, she's had some big breaks, but now she's just kind of has like this big writer's block. And her daughter is this, you know, this is otaku. You know, first episode has her her daughter coming back from Comic Cat with a suitcase full of manga <laughs> and doujinshi and you know it was very you know nonchalant yeah this is my thing i like uh i like yaoi no big deal <laughs> see mm-hmm. you later <laughs> but then um but she loves her mom very Love much it. and you know her mom is a she writes romance novels so her daughter's like all right mom i'm gonna help you and let's both look for let's both look for love and her mom is so worried because her daughter's in the taco. Oh, that's interesting. I'll have to check that one out. That's funny. Yeah, it's, it's another cute one. Yeah, I do wish, you know, as time progresses, the stigma could get lesser and lesser. You know, I, I hope that we can find more, especially for tokusatsu. I mean, of course, you know, mm. we're all into tokusatsu. We'd love to have that stigma lesson for any other fans, you know, as it becomes more popular, but... On that note, um, there's one anecdote I wanted to mention before I forget. Um, okay. A couple of years ago, I had a fifth grade student that loves anime, loves drawing and stuff, you know, kind of kind of, kind of the thing you'd see or anywhere. But I remember um, talking to her one time when we did, like, their free time, and she talked about how she didn't want to come out as an otaku because uh her older sibling doesn't like otaku oh yeah and that was that was heartbreaking for me like you're in fifth grade and you're worried about this stuff goodness yeah just let the kid be a kid you know but as you know just so you know things have been things have are so and this was like three or four years ago and so i'm, yeah. think, I'm sure th- i'm sure things have gotten better for her but you know just you know that stigma is still very much there. Yeah. Even as um, the environment changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Do you all think that stigma will eventually go away, or is it something you think will persist and we'll just have to cope with it for the rest of our lives? I'm curious to know your like final thoughts on that. I think it's changing. I think it just depends on part of the world mm-hmm. like I, I don't know how uh 
how quickly things are changing in Japan. I don't, I have, that's maybe something that, you know, Kevin can talk about more maybe if he knows about it. But I think other parts of the country, uh, of the world, like in the West, it, I think it's, it's uh, becoming more acceptable because of other bigger fandoms. Like because mm-hmm. anime is so much more acceptable because comics and comic book movies are more acceptable. I think that paves the way for like more niche fandoms and stuff like Tokusatsu. So I think eventually it'll become much more uh, widely accepted and just it does it won't matter. It's just hey, that's just the thing you're like. Um, Hopefully we get there. Uh, it becomes way more. I mean, as, as, I think it's more important when you're a kid. Yeah, yeah. I guess. So I, I hopefully you know it gets it's getting better for kids and it will get better for kids as, as time goes on. Because uh, yeah, that that can really mess you up if you if you're ridiculed for that as a, as a young age. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, I'm hopeful that it'll it'll it gets better because I you can already see it changing. Yeah. That's true. And I, I, you also make a really good point in that, you know, something you learn as you grow up is, you know, you just got to accept who you are, accept your yeah. interests. And it's almost a form of like self-care and appreciating yourself if you just let you be you, you know, and you enjoy what you enjoy and not be ashamed of it. You know, it's something you kind of learn as you grow up and kind of unlearn you know, any bullying or, you know, messages that you've got from, you know, people in your life. Uh, yeah. It's it's hard, though. It's still hard to fight back against that stigma. And, you know, when you go through experiences that tell you it's wrong to like what you like, even though mm-hmm. it's a, just a fucking yeah. superhero show, like, <laughs> it's ridiculous, but. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully it gets better. I just want ki- I I agree. I also just want kids to be able to be more accepted for what they like because then they won't have to go through all the shitty things a lot of us have gone through because of yeah. people not accepting the geeky interests that we've had. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right, y'all. Any final thoughts? I think this is a good spot to uh wrap, wrap up. up. I think we had a really great conversation. Charlie. <laughs> I like zoned Charlie. out because like as soon as um Yas was like, oh yeah, remember that episode where like that Jenna. ramen kid had like a crush on Akko and then immediately my mind went to like the jingle that they play with like it's like Yokina Akko chan. I was just like, oh god, it's back. It's back. <laughs> And that's what I've been doing while everyone's talking. I'm just like, I'm so sorry. My mind is out of it. I'm just, I'm just like, I now I want some like Akko chan. Oh boy! Oh my god, that's so funny. Hi, Ipu, Yasui, Juan, Umai. God, this jingle is so like contagious. But yeah. Oh god. But yeah, um, I mean, I guess my only really final thoughts is like, I kind of agree with like everyone here where it's just like, we should be a good example for future generations of children who like, to show that like, it's okay to like, what you liked, no matter what like gender, age, race you are, because it's just, 
it's like what you like and like you shouldn't really worry about anyone else's thoughts on it and mm-hmm. even if it's mm-hmm. like quote quote not normal like it's like what um what makes you happy and mm-hmm. it's your life so do what you want to do so yeah that's a that's a difficult lesson for anybody to learn like even i struggle with that too you no, know it took like a long time accepting. for me to learn that for yeah sure. it's something that most societies i hate to say it like don't push you to do to accept like they they can make profit off of you not accepting yourself because they can sell products to make you quote unquote better to improve you so that's a whole yeah. nother thing that's another podcast topic <laughs> yeah. right then and there but you bring up an excellent point charlie i'm glad we forcefully put you into this conversation oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just teasing okay any final thoughts anybody else I want to take that silence as everybody <laughs> has said their piece yeah. and they're thinking of their favorite tokusatsu hero that they uh, want to go watch now. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me, you guys. Of course, I love talking to you all and I found this conversation to be really, really interesting to have your perspectives on. So thank Aww. you. I appreciate each and one, each and every single one of you, and I hope that you can let your Toku Ota personality shine in every way. So, and thank you all for listening. Please let your Toku Ota personality shine too. So don't be afraid of loving spandex heroes, giant men of light, golden armor, wolf people, whatever <laughs> tokusatsu weirdness we have in this world. Just enjoy it. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again on the next episode of the Tokunet Podcast. Bye. 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 See you. The Tokunet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official tokusatsu news and media. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes or Stitcher. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet, where if you're at the writer tier level or higher, you can get early access to episodes and more. Team Tokunet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course our website, tokusatsunetwork.com. Sorry, I'm, I'm singing the ending theme of our podcast because <laughs> I'm like playing goes, it in my Should we head. stop recording now? Yes, yeah. we can. Okay, I was just like, I was waiting for the signal or whatever.